0: Music Hello and welcome. 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 What an opening. opening.
1: <laughs> that is a
0: crazy, wild opening you have there. In- oh, you like it? I do. I mean, yeah, it's cool. awesome. Because you just showed me there's some new functionality. First of all, hello, everybody. Welcome to Open Mind GFO Radio. I'm your host, Alejandro Rojas. This is my good friend, Martin Willis, who joins to just kind of harass me and be a goofball during the show. That's the only reason I'm here. and to offer valuable insight um and uh thanks for joining but uh this tool that we use to stream is really cool that's why you guys like coming here right we we have these cool little things in fact you know got our names down here we can change how it looks play videos and it's even cooler there's more videos uh that you can do so check out Martin's next show. Cause on YouTube, cause he's going to have, he's going to be utilizing the technology to his fullest. Not like me, uh, who is always behind the game and kind of mm, scattered. I don't know about that, but I will tell you this, this company, this first,
1: the company we use is, I mean, they're advancing. They're getting more and more tools. I, I love this thing. So much better than the way we used to do it. Some backsplash
0: from my coffee. Yeah, so it's really cool, but uh, we'll get started. First of all, I don't know if you've seen this t-shirt. Let's see if you get it.
1: Are you talking to me or the the customers? I No, you uh,
0: or anybody. The uh, listeners out there. The listeners will get it. Watch. Somebody's going to post any second. You're just making weird faces. I'm trying to read. Yeah, you don't get it. Tatooine. So it's kind of like a a vacation T-shirt, as if I went to Tatooine, which of course is a Star Wars place, Luke Skywalker's house uh, there. No wonder I'm not. Or it a- could be, of course, it, it it's uh, in Mandalorian quite a bit too. So yeah, Rodrigo uh, says Star Wars, Luke. Yeah, you're exactly right. Wow. So yeah, uh, and, the- and, uh, if you haven't watched it, you know Mandalorian. There's a lot of scenes and cool stuff that happens there. So check that out. Uh, other stuff. Yeah, so we've got a lot going on. Usually what we do is cover UFO news, uh, and we, we try to be focused on that and not goofy. Uh, Benjamin Phillips says, I, I visited a Tatooine, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. That's hilarious. Yeah. So everybody, uh, you know, of course, people are watching live here on YouTube or on Facebook. Thank you so much. If you are watching, um, you know, please do. Oh, I don't have my UFO in the shot. There we go. Please do post your questions and comments, and we'll try to get to that. Of course, um, um, be sure to stick to the topic of UFOs and stuff like that. We mostly are covering credible UFO news and information here. Uh, we're not afraid of any questions till we'll address anything. But uh, the more fringy stuff is kind of not our focus. We focus on the more credible and for which, all uh, it's funny, Kevin Childress, uh, one of our, our viewers just joined, and he said, I'll be good. But you know, um, there were some debates going on on Twitter this morning that I actually got involved in, and uh, there's some interesting things going on, and I think I'd like to start up the conversation kind of with that. And this is what's funny, Martin. I'm not sure if you ran across this, and, um the UFO community felt, uh, you know, kind of uh, hurt because when To the Stars came about, there there actually was some talk of, you know, we want to stay away from the UFO community a bit, and, and and these sort of things. And To the Stars being the group that Tom DeLonge, the rock star, started, and then these credible government uh, officials, former. Government officials joined, including Chris Mellon, uh, who worked for the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, you know, and uh, and Lou Elizondo, of course, who is the uh, intelligence guy for the DOD, who uh, worked actually looking into UFO cases under the Group A tip, um, and some other people, CIA scientists who work for the government, who were part of this A tip, and all kinds of stuff like this. Um, Their concerns, of course, were that they were speaking to the mainstream scientists, their colleagues in the government, um, the mainstream media. That's who they were trying to attract. And a lot of the UFO community felt off put that they said they didn't want to interact much with the UFO community. Now, not everybody said that. Uh, I would say it was kind of to the stars in general. It was kind of a policy, but Lou Elizondo himself never said that. In fact, he told me something very different. And fortunately, my experience was not the same as uh, the experience of of others in the UFO community. Um, But at this point, I'm curious, Martin, how did you feel when that first happened? Did you feel, Oh, that's a wise policy or did you feel slighted?
1: Um, Well, Hmm. I I felt mixed feelings because I think, you know, in some ways it seemed like, you know, probably a good idea because if someone like them is going to get involved, they really don't know who's out there in the UFO community that, or any type of community where you can trust or not trust, you know, they'd have to do a lot of research before they know that. So first of all, they have to, you know, move ahead with caution in, in that case. And then, I I guess I felt like I wish there was more of a connection. Like uh, you know, we we not me, but a lot of people out there have been you know researching for years, trying to do a really good, credible job, and then there is not any like transparency or cooperation. And I thought that was uh, that that could have been hurtful, and they, they could have actually maybe moved ahead also with, uh, you know, cooperation. But again, you know, how do they pick who they're going to work with? And uh, there could be, there's a lot of jealousy in the field anyway. And that certainly would brew up a lot if they chose, like, uh, I'm not even going to say a name. I don't dare to. (laughs) But if they chose someone, uh, let's just say they chose you. All of a sudden, they say, "Um, all right, we're going to go with Alejandro. And (laughs) well, I'm just saying, you know, whoever they chose, someone is going to attack because all of a sudden, you know, that that person is uh, why did they choose them over me? And I've been doing this since 1923 or whatever it is, you know, so.
0: Well, and you're right, because they did choose me over others. And I did get attacked quite a, a lot. I was attacked pretty hardcore, actually. Now that I think about it, you know, as a sympathizer that I'm just repeating their lies, Uh And and I'm just believing everything that they said, this sort of thing, which wasn't the case. And I'll share my experience uh, as we go through this. But um, here's the problem with, I think, with that perspective that you just shared, which I think is a common sense perspective and and a perspective that many had, is that the hard part is... When you're hearing so much ridiculousness coming from the UFO community, not just ridiculousness, and also, I should say, fringe ideas, and I should say, unsubstantiated information, because a lot of it is anything but ridiculous. It's not ridiculous, but it's unsubstantiated. Um, and the others, you know, I know a lot of g- a community are experiencers, not just people who claim to have alien experiences, but sightings and stuff. And they, they've it, these uh, events or experiences have been traumatic and they want some kind of input or help. Um, and I think, you know, but that's not what this was about. What they were trying to do was. And I always bring up my article at openminds.tv. I don't, I don't know anybody else who's laid it out the same with the Chris Mellons plan to get you know UAPs taken so seriously. their, their plan was to attack um, in a way, challenge the mainstream with the credibility of the topic, which they did um, which I think is excellent. And and how are when you get to the UFO community? First of all, you don't need them. You already have, and I think this is what people didn't understand, and I don't think it was expressed thoroughly uh, when it came out either. Is they already had the data they needed. They already had their package of credible UAP information in the form of the Nimitz case, the three the videos that they had, all of the witnesses that they had. They already had their package of data that they were selling to the mainstream using to push forward their agenda. So they didn't need anything from anybody else. Also, how do you know who's legit and who's not? I think that's really hard. Um, Fortunately, I've got some experience and there is a little bit of that background because luckily I knew Tom DeLong um, and he interacted with Open Minds uh, and the Bigelow guys I've also interacted with. Uh, and I wasn't conspiratorial till, towards them. So that was kind of my inside, but it was a little harder. And I'll explain this to people. But personally, I felt it wise for them to do that, even though the UFO community felt slighted. Now they continued to feel slighted because there was me. You know, why was I getting the access and others weren't? Um, and I think it is because, uh, you know, George Knapp was also getting access, although he's a journalist. Um, I think it was just because of the, you know, as people have noted here and as you all like to do, and you too, Martin, you know, we like to sp- stick to the facts, the the credible information. We like to try to substantiate um, what we're doing here, which is exactly what they were trying to do. So the goals are similar in what we were trying to do, um, I think. Now, w- I was not, I was part of the the group that wasn't given access, even though Tom DeLonge had called me and asked for some input before he launched to the stars and coordinated with me a bit to, to give me some insight on that. Um, he did not give me access to Lou Elizondo. They were denying me access. Obviously I'm asking, I want to interview him. I want to interview him. Okay. Eventually, eventually. So I did actually they do this. Did they do the same thing they did
1: to me and say, he's traveling. Did they say that to you?
0: No, I they didn't I use that excuses. one like five times. People did use excuses at times. Yeah, it, but I did kind of an end run, and I researched online. I did what anybody could have done, and I found his email address, uh, Luis Elizondo's. And I emailed him because I was very focused. This is what we do in journalism or, you know, what any of us do, even in the UFO community, when we're trying to get interviews and stuff, you, you're great at getting interviews um, with people are hard to get. So I was focused. I'm getting Lou. I want Lou. And um, so I did, I got him. He, he responded very quickly and Elizondo's attitude. Sorry, I got something in my eye was different. He wanted to talk to everybody He's like, and, you know, I even told him, hey, you know, would you be interested in speaking at this this convention that now my girlfriend owns because she was pressuring me for that? And, uh, and to be honest, if I was doing PR for TTSA, I might have done what they did. Uh, in that respect as far as access to Lou and I might have told him don't do this conference but Lou was like yes I want to meet everybody I want to talk to everybody I want to re- receive questions and I'm like dude you don't realize the UFO community is weird man you're going to get some weird questions uh, that have nothing to do with anything you've said or done and you're going to be like what are you talking about but that's what's and he's like I don't care I want to talk to everybody, answer all the questions. Um, that didn't happen. You know, eventually we had to do this. I did have to send him some questions and they, but that's because they videoed this interview that they sent to the UFO Congress and they asked him the questions, uh, that were mostly generated from the audience. A few of them were mine. And, uh, um, Someone said I was a bit disappointed. Maybe that he didn't go to the UFO Congress. I w- I wasn't disappointed to be honest, because we had brought Bob Lazar to the UFO Congress before. That was rough. Um, I, you know, uh, Robert or no Richard Dolan threatened to beat me up. I mean, at one point at the Lazar thing, it, which is hilarious. I just laughed, and we I laughed. Know, I would have liked now. to that. I would have put my you- money on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're like, I'm no tough guy, but come on, Richard. Um uh so that was really funny, but it, the point was it was hectic, it was a disaster. And with him saying, you know, at least with Lazara, he was like, you know, we're gonna sneak him in the back and then sneak him out. With this, Lou's like, no, I want to meet with everybody. So I'm like, great, I'm gonna have to organize all these meetings. Um that's so funny. This Rick Roberts, cause I was just rubbing my eye. He wrote, rub your eye. If Luis is a misinformation agent, <laughs> I'm not rubbing my eye because of that. that in my eye. That's, oh, that's, that's a riot. That's a good one. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so Lou wanted to talk to everybody. So I was like, okay, well I'm going to do it. Organize then. I'm going to organize meetings. Everybody who want. I'm going to tell the speakers, all the UFO researchers. Okay. If you want to meet with Lou, to be organized i'm going to try to get a room on the side and we'll hold meetings where you can come and have your own sit down q a with with lou but it'll be you and maybe a dozen other people because there were so many i was trying to group it so uh then uh you know that didn't happen he wasn't able to come so i was actually relieved with the video um stuff christian says please no lazar <laughs> doc tonight uh i think we'll be able to keep Away from lizard talk, we'll see what happens. That's really funny. Um, uh, yeah, we had enough lizard talk last time. Yeah. Um, but uh, and surprisingly, a lot of people really agree with this. There's more people that agree with us than I thought. Actually, a lot of people coming out of the woodwork saying that. And I, you, of course, it's, it's self evident. That's you know. But um, but anyway, um, so Lou felt differently. Why am I getting to all of this? Well, I got a hold of Lou. I was able to then get some interviews. I got you an interview with Lou I got I don't know any I don't think I got anybody else I didn't really fight for anybody else to get interviews so much uh behind the scenes I was fighting for John Greenwald to get an interview even though John Greenwald started being a total jerk to me I, I did want them to talk because I thought nothing but good could come from that and it did when they eventually did talk it it was very good um and the interview that John Greenwald recently did with Lou was great too yeah, I heard that. So, uh, people get really upset with you with the TTSA. People hated them at first. The UFO community was so hateful and it was very shocking and surprising to me. A lot of that hate was aimed at me cuz they had access to me. And eventually things changed as you know as time went on, actions speak louder than words. And really, you know, I think TTSA was putting up they were doing what they said they were going to do at many levels, um, and they accomplished something that I think people still has not um, ad- realized how the significance of what's happened. And we'll get to that towards later on too, because I really want to highlight where we are right now, people. Um, so this is kind of what happened. Meanwhile, you know, everything goes on. Unidentified happens. Years pass. Uh, UFO community has limited access to to Louise Elizondo. Now that uh, the bubbles burst, they kind of accomplished what their main goal was. Uh, and and Chris and Lou have left to the stars. Now Louise Elizondo is out there doing interviews with everybody. I mean, if you can get a hold of him, people are getting a hold of him on Twitter and saying, "Hey, I want to." Even get this, and this is going to shock you guys. Even. The unidentified celebrity review. You're is kidding. kidding me. Review, <laughs> you Lou did it. Lou Louis. Yeah. Louis Louis. Yeah. So, which that's is great. Congratulations. And I yeah. think that's awesome. um But uh, yeah, so. So now he's coming out and talking to everybody. So you would think, oh, everybody should be so happy about this. You know, the UFO community should finally be happy. He's even talking to detractors. He's even interviewing. Well, he did an interview with John Greenwald. He just did an interview with Jimmy Church. These were people who were attacking me. Saying, well, how can you stand up for these liars? Why are you supporting their lies? And I'm, I wasn't supporting any lies. I was demonstrating the evidence that supported their claims. Their claims had an abundance of credible information that was substantiating Lou's claims. And that's why his claims turned out to be true, even years later. And it was the government who was lying or giving misinformation. Surprise, surprise. And weird, the UFO community should have such an attitude. But um, so Lou is even doing interviews with these people who were calling him liar and, and saying he's part of the disinformation and part of the government and all this crap. But people are still mad. Now they're like, you know, well, why now? You know, why couldn't they? Why now he's trying to use us because now that Two of the stars wow. is going down, they're trying to use us to market and get more information and, and all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, he was totally under control. Uh, Tom DeLonge's sister was
1: basically uh, running the show there as far as who did interviews with who. And uh, she had the reins really tight. So, you know, he wasn't able to
0: get out there and, and do the interviews. And then the yeah, publicist. Yeah, you know, you tried the right route. You It didn't work for you either. So that's why we had to, with you, do an end run too and go straight to Lou and then. Yeah, that's right. Worked with a publicist and that, yeah.
1: My, my interview with Lou, I'd love to have him back on because I had the biggest meltdown ever in my studio. Everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And the same day I rebooted the computer, which I had done, and everything worked fine. But mm-hmm. the moment he was on, everything melted down in my studio. It was a disaster. So I'm, I will try to invite him back on. Maybe yeah, he'll, he'll be back. good. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think you should have him back on. Um, there's a question, couple questions I want to look. All, um uh, Luis from unidentified UFOs here. He's thanking uh, you for helping him and us for helping him get the interview. Um, Shawnee is saying, "Right? Oh, well." Uh, you may not want to read. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read it, but. <laughs> I don't know Ryan if he'll do any good. Sprague blocked me from commenting on his channel because I told him to stop spewing his political hatred on somewhere in the sky's account. Um, I read what Sprague is writing. I disagree that it is political hatred that he is spewing. I think he uh, – so if you called it that, I think he's completely justified to block you, my friend. No offense. Uh, however, you're welcome to stay here and comment as long as we stay away from politics, we're not going to get into politics. So let's try to stay away from that. We may get into the political nature of uh, the space force. Cause I want to talk about the space force in just a minute, but um, yeah, Shawnee, sorry, I'm on Sprague side on this now, but we'll leave it there. Cause uh, let's see. Lou is credibility personified as is Chris Mellon. John Lynn says, I agree with you there. Can I answer a question? Well,
1: someone put up there for me. Go ahead. Let me, let me get a chance. So space ghost, Ask me what I thought about my interview I did this week with the Berkshire UFO incident. And since that's up there, I'd like to address that. Um, Well,
0: let's wait, actually. okay, sure. Let's finish this topic. So make a note. We don't forget because I want you to forget that one. We'll do that next. But I just want to finish my thought here. Just about how people getting mad at Lou right now, even though he's trying to do what's right, this is the evolution of what's happened. You know, this is how it happened. Whatever you want to think, I've got personal insight. I've talked to Lou on a regular basis. Uh, like I've said, I've had some, you know, talking insight into the background. This is how it happened. And nothing nefarious, nothing crazy. I think what it comes down to, though, part of the issue is, is that um, there are a lot of people who get really frustrated. Why do you pay attention to this? Why do you say this is credible and this isn't? Why, you know, is, why is it, can't we all say aliens are here and they're bad and they're trying to take over our planet? That's what Dr. David Jacobs says. He's a doctor. He's a historian, um, you're saying other scientists and professors are saying otherwise, but how are the what they're saying any better than what Jacobs is saying? And it all comes down to the evidence. Dr. Avi Loeb, let's take that. Dr. Avi Loeb is an astronomer. He used to run the Harvard Department of the, the Astronomy. He's saying, amuamua, this thing that came through the solar system's alien. So it's alien. That's done. It's alien. I don't care. These other scientists are saying it's not, but they're just poo-pooing. Him because we know it's alien, the science says it's alien. No, because there's still you have to substantiate that. You have to demonstrate it, you have to have evidence, and it has to be very strong evidence. Even Avi Loeb in his book said, why do we have to, why does it take extraordinary why do extraordinary claims take extraordinary evidence? It's because you know you you're trying to prove something that's never been demonstrated before. It's even true if you're trying to break a law of physics, because the laws of physics are not hard laws. They are movable. They're our best guess. That is literally, take this to the bank, go ask a scientist, what is a a law of physics? It's our best guess. It is not a rule. We call it a rule. We call it a law because we treat it that way. Uh, But it's our best guess. Given the information we have now, that's what we we know so um i mean that's what that's the game here and we'll get into Loeb because you were mentioning an interesting uh article that i posted and i definitely want to talk about that but i think that's really what some of us especially my audience here some of us need to understand and and what i've noticed lately even with the politics of late there are a lot of people out there who just don't see the equivalence. They don't under, or the inequivalence, they don't understand that, you know, the difference between substantiated information and unsubstantiated information. And as much as we can talk, we can talk ourselves till we're blue in the face. Those people who don't get it Aren't going to get it. And I think that's what this UFO community, a lot of those people in the UFO community, they don't get that. You're not a community sharing truth. You're not. You're a hobbyist. You're a group of people with an interest looking for truth. In some cases, sharing, discovering and sharing some truth. But in much case, others, it's just speculation, assumption um and and so there's there's a big difference a guy was arguing with me this morning he was saying you know i don't know why you think that you're not part of the, the uh, just like everybody else in the ufo community scientists don't care about what you're talking about they don't care about ufos it's not true and and you know he was talking about banging my head against the wall marketing blah 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 or or even kevin said something along the lines and you can clarify yourself Clevin, if, I, if i'm off base here that I'm fighting for credibility or fighting for, um, to prove that I'm not insane. Now, I I don't feel that way. I feel that my work can speak for itself and it does. The reason I've got my relationship with Bigelow, with TTSA, with all of these people is because I've let my work speak for itself. I've tried to be as accurate and fair and honest in my writing using, uh, journalistic standards to uh to bring forth information and fortunately there are many government officials scientists who appreciate what i've been doing and then and that has brought me the credibility in their eyes and that has allowed that access so why am i telling you this I could hide this. I could say, this is my secret sauce guys. This is the secret of my success to get that sort of access. The rest of the UFO community wanted. That's what all I did was try to, to be careful and more rigorous about my work. And that's what it takes. That's how you get people's attention and you can get their attention that way. And, and you know, a lot of you are scientists who are watching or listening right now, and that's what you appreciate. So, I think those of us who do appreciate that and do understand that you can get people's attention by sharing evidence and facts. um, There's just a lot of people who don't get that, who don't understand that at all. They feel that, well, Bigelow, this is what's really frustrating about what's happening lately. And we talked about this last week with Lazar and everything. Bigelow is a rich, really rich guy. So his word has to be gold, right? That's gospel. No, he's another guy who believes who has beliefs that he can not substantiate um, like anybody else? Um, somebody saw me on History Channel recently, <laughs> Benjamin. So uh, that's that's the point I'm getting at, and, and that's how we come to where we are. That's why Lou is doing what he does, and there is a difference. Lou, and this is, speaks to Lou's credibility and difference in the way he thinks. Um, in a way, it's un- it's less disciplined than like a Chris Mellon. Chris Mellon is more focused and maybe, arguably, making more headway with uh, government officials and behind the scenes with the Senate and everything because he's so focused. Lou, on the other hand, his nature is to be open and to talk to everybody and work with everybody. Uh, and that's what he's doing. So uh, this isn't some master plan Lou is not a master plan guy Chris Mellon is (laughs) but Lou there is no master plan that Lou's coming to talk to UFO people now because of this master plan it's like you said Martin it's um because now he's not working for TTSA now there isn't a gatekeeper now he can go talk to everybody which is what he's always wanted to do Hmm. interesting my hat's crooked what do you think well
1: yeah um about your hat you mean (laughs) um yeah, you know, I mean a, a lot of when TTSA first started uh, including myself there was a lot of confusion. What what is it? What are they doing? What are, what is this entertainment aspect of it and what does that have to do and why are people investing? What are they investing in? Um you know, I had all these questions and and um, it's a lot of, it's still a little bit of a puzzle. And then there was, uh, is there misinformation going on here? What, what is this? You know, what is this another, are we getting led down another path? That's kind of all the, the things that I was hearing out there, you know? Yeah. So, and now m- I'm still wondering what's going to happen with that group.
0: You know I mean? I don't know if you've heard anything about it. With TTSA? Yeah. I think they're just going to keep on keeping on. Um, You know, somebody here said, uh, let's see, Dolene says, TTSA, did they not start working with the Navy? Maybe that's why Lou left. Well, no, they've attempted to work with the military the entire time. Lou has encouraged that. Lou is currently still doing uh, at least some freelance with the government. So uh, as far as I understand. So uh, he may go back to a full time job with the government. I and Mm. which isn't a problem. He's always been loyal to his colleagues. He, uh, and he's always spoken positively about his former colleagues in the military. So he has no problem working with the military. Why did he leave? I think it was just the problems. You know, I felt from the beginning that I, I definitely shared is that they all had different agendas. Tom had a different agenda. Chris, Steve justice had a different agenda. Chris and Lou had a different agenda. So they were all, it was like a conglomerate of a bunch of people doing different things, coming in an office together with some ties in with what they're doing, but very little. And it just dissolved because there wasn't, you know, uh, with any organization, you need a mission statement. And it seems cheesy. You hear this at work all the time. Our mission statement, our mission statement. Well, it's important at the higher levels because when you're, um, at that higher level, you need a mission statement so that you have a focus for your company to always strive for. So when you're creating projects, when you're creating teams, you're thinking, does this fit our mission? Is this taking us in the direction we're supposed to be going and if it does then you go for it so that's why mission statements are really and i don't think we ever really had a mission statement from to the stars Mm. um so there wasn't really a game plan that they were all bought into and on board to head instead they're all heading in different directions and that just wasn't tenable at one point you know chris and lou had to say well you guys are doing your thing we're doing our thing why don't we just kind of do our own thing separately, and uh, thats what happened. Um, that's a really good point. I never thought about that. Um, I think it would have
1: cleared up a lot of things if they did have a strong goal that they, you know, published. What yeah, they were trying to do.
0: Yeah. So I, I've got some more stuff. Let's see. Me, 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 me. Reviewing what people are talking about. Uh, so I don't see anything there. So anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about. It's just really interesting out there how there's just the people who want to hate. And there's that, too, of course, on the Internet. And these are the, the like like uh, Sam Friedman used to say, noisy negativists. The guys are really loud. And they they talk a lot and you see you get flooded. So all of that negativity towards Lou because he's trying to talk to everybody in the UFO community is just shocking. So I just wanted to kind of clarify it for people. And when you hear these messages, oh, Lou's coming to us now because he can use us for this or that or he's got some grand plan and tricking us. No, it's just his. I mean, those of you have heard our interviews, mine and and, um, Martin's, I've had a few now. He's just a very open guy. Um, and he's just gonna want he wants to share. Yeah, Louis says hate is gonna hate. So, and, and by the way, Louise from Unidentified Celebrity Interview uh Review is interviewing Lou soon. So if you have questions, if you want to challenge Lou, if you're like, I'm gonna catch him, I'm gonna ask this question, I'm gonna catch him, and he's fooling us and that ask your question because Lou will. Listen to it and he will answer your question and then you can see whether you're satisfied or not. Well, he'll also
1: let you know, you know, you talked about how he can go back to work for the government. That's because he's never broken his security. I mean, he's never he's never talked about classified
0: things. He get he can get right up to it, but he hasn't crossed that line. No, he hasn't crossed the line. He is. I think he's a bit of a whistleblower in that he shared information that they didn't intend to get out. They didn't want out, but it wasn't classified information. So it was perfectly legal for him to do it. And he's always said, the reason I don't share more information because it's not my information. It belongs to other people. And, and as he's thinking, I don't want to upset these people. I don't want to share unclassified information, even if I can legally, that's going to upset my friends or mess up what they're doing because he's thinking mm-hmm. of his friends on the inside. Yeah. Um let's see. Somebody's criticizing me. Elizondo, a very open guy. You can't be serious. I'm totally serious. Are you kidding? If Lou wasn't an open guy, we would not know about A tip and we would not know that the Pentagon had a a program investigating uaps and the five steps all everything we wouldn't know any of that if lou wasn't an open guy so i am absolutely not kidding um who would i'm not sure cl if you could clarify because i like to answer questions too um CL says, Alejandro, big fail, it happened. I'm not sure what the big fail was, but let me know, and I'll address that. So, um, ATIP was a Las Vegas project? Uh, no, not really. I guess in a way in that it was a Las Vegas corp company that was contracted to do most of the work, but the project was a Pentagon project. Um, oh, I see what he meant by that. Where uh, Bigelow was, you mean? Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. Bigelow was in his company, and and they did most of the work. Um, yeah. So let's move on. So, um, who would win in a fight, Lou or DeLong? DeLong's tall, but he's skinny. I'm oh. not sure if he works out. Lou, but is, Lou
1: is a bulldog. I mean, I wouldn't want to go against him for anything.
0: You know what? I if I think Lou could win up against a Jeep Wrangler. <laughs> I mean, he is freaking solid. Yeah. Uh, you shake so, his hand. It's like, ah, I think and a more and- interesting question, who would win between Elizondo and Joe Rogan? Cause this mm. isn't Rogan, this WWF guy, right? Mm. Yeah. That'd we be an that. interesting wow. one. Yeah. Maybe that's, that'll be our question. Um, for Luis. If he thinks he can take Rogan, <laughs> he can th- wow. you can even say Alejandro wants your to money on the to beat table. Beat up Joe mm. Rogan. If you got in a fight, he won't like that question. I know it. I don't but, think so, uh, mm. but that's okay. It'd be funny anyway. Okay. So let's move on that. I just wanted to talk about that because it's a weird thing going on in the UFO community. And I wanted to be sure that you all were clear how we actually got here, how this all came about. So you understood Oh, that's why Lou's talking to so many people in the UFO field now. And if you are a UFO podcaster, get a hold of him on Twitter because he'll probably come on your podcast. Uh, So, Martin,
1: Berkshires, go for it. Yeah. Um, So someone asked way up near the top. I won't be able to get it. What did I think about? But you
0: have to give us background on what the Berkshires
1: is, too. Okay. The Berkshires UFO. Actually, I knew it. For years, for those of you who are not familiar with it, I've known it for years as the Reed family, you know, the Tom Reed family, you know, UFO incident. That's all I knew it. And then, um, you know, The Unsolved Mysteries comes out last year, the first season on the Netflix and uh, episode five, I think it was, the Berkshires UFO. And I watched that and I go, oh, my God, all these people are involved. So many people were involved. And what wild stories. And, And I think Netflix did a wonderful job with that. So uh, it's really something that happened back in September 1st, 1969, in uh, the Berkshires area. But it could go, uh, maybe people have seen it all the way to Long Island and all the way up toward uh, Lake Champlain. There's been a lot of talk about that over the years. There's been a lot of witnesses, but it's a strange thing because, um, you know, this one guy they witnessed, he was a little kid. He was 10 years old, running outside, Tom Warner. Tom Warner. And a beam of light came down and with a witness, they saw him in the beam of light, move his arms back and he was gone. And then uh, and he remembers the whole thing. And it's really a a, a wild story, a lot wilder than I ever knew it would be um, to begin with. And then I had Melanie uh, Kirchdorfer on last week and she's a very, very nice lady. And her story was really uh, quite amazing Um, She was in a car uh, at the lake and with her family and basically gone out of the car. Family drove home. They don't really remember anything. Her mother never left the door unlocked. The door was unlocked. She came in at dawn um, uh, when she was released or whatever happened. Anyway, I, I guess the question boiled down to what did I think of the guest? I thought she was a very, very nice lady. I thought she was completely sincere. Um, what happened to her and her, all the events that happened in her life, I do believe that she believes they happened. you know, uh, because you and I have talked about this before. Sometimes someone can really, uh, get me going and I want to hang up with him or I want nothing to do with them because I think they're just BSing. I don't think this woman's BSing at all. I think, uh, she believes everything that she talked about. Um, I don't know if what she talked about really happened or not. I I can't be the judge of that, but I certainly believe that she does believe it and, uh, and is very credible in other ways, you know? So um, I think it's kind of for the listener, the watcher or whatever to take out of it, out of it, what they want to, but um, uh, and she doesn't claim they're aliens. She never claims that. Hmm. And um, so But whatever happened to her was pretty bizarre, I'll tell you. It's quite a story.
0: Yeah, we've got some people in the chat who uh, saw your interview, and they loved it. Um, They thought it was great. Um, Oh, I'm going to love to answer this question coming up, but I want to finish with this Berkshire thing. Um, Yeah, a lot of people saying she was an amazing guest, um, that it was really incredible. So a lot of people had seen it. So people could go listen to your interview. Yeah, it's up on YouTube.
1: On YouTube.
0: Uh, Yeah. Your latest interview. Oh, And by the way, she has these weird things
1: happen to her. And, sh- and I witnessed it is that she like blows things up. I mean, her computer all of a sudden just like that while we were talking. I have no idea. She's, her husband doesn't let her go into his office <laughs> because things blow up like
0: light bulbs and all kinds of stuff. It's strange. Really weird. Hmm. Um, so uh, the other thing is, is Louise tell clarify this and I'm sorry if I'm. I, you already interviewed Luis. Luis, already. I did, but I had a meltdown during the my
1: complete studio meltdown. No, Luis. Oh, from L- unidentified. Oh yes, I was in. I was in. I was in his show. I was on his show. Yes.
0: No. Oh, Luis I'm sorry. Interviewed Luis. Oh, he already interviewed. Already me. did. Okay. Yeah. So I guess he. Uh, duh. Sorry. Put the link in here because I didn't see it yet. I'm definitely going to watch that this evening. Um, I didn't realize that. I thought it was upcoming still. I've been a mess. We'll get into this. Stuff's been crazy in my life. But um, thank you very much, Louise. Oh, the question I w- I'm excited to answer. Oh, yeah. What is that? Somebody put it in all caps, which is cool. If you have a question, put maybe Q at the beginning and you can put it on all caps because that will help me find it easier. So the Wilson Keek. <laughs> Jeffrey King says, "Whatever happened with the Wilson Keek documents? Anything, or is it just BS?" And then we someone know what else means leak. Said, Yeah. Um. Yeah, Christian, I have a little opinion so about funny. that too. Christian tries to give me this history. Christian, I've been writing about this stuff for years. If you read my articles, you'll get clarification on all of this other stuff, or my interviews yeah. with Lou Elizondo. Way behind, but I'm going to address some of the stuff Christian says here um because I love all my audience but um Luis interviewed oh Luis well Luis is another way to say Luis that's in fact in 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 the Spanish it's Luis Luis Elizondo and I bet Luis uh, from goes by Luis here too and unidentified Yeah so it's Luis interview
1: interviewed Luis
0: too yeah. yeah So anyway uh what happened with the Wilson leak documents what happened with those documents here's why i'm really excited to talk about this is uh exactly what i said what happened nothing and people get so i mean there are some people in ufo twitter this is one of the ufo twitter fails of which there are many um, you and I do not trust UFO Twitter and whatever UFO Twitter gets excited about. For the most part, when UFO t- Twitter gets really excited, they get excited over something that's a huge nothing burger. So, and, I, and when you, can you just clarify something to the possibly yep. new listener out
1: there? They may not. They may think UFO Twitter is actually a person's name,
0: but you're talking about people in the UFO. Yeah, Twitter world. Sort of like People on Twitter that consider themselves UFO Twitter. So if you're on Twitter talking about UFOs, you'll see this term UFO Twitter a lot, even the hashtag UFO Twitter. Um, and so that's what I'm talking about. Um, it's definitely nothing definitive, but uh, it, there's somewhat a group of people who were involved with the beginning. Um, and the Wilson documents was a big thing. Uh, you know, the Wilson document is a It's a set of notes. It's not even a document per se, it's notes that were taken that were leaked to the public. There are notes that, in this particular case that Edgar Mitchell had, that uh, when he passed away, people got a hold of his records, and they leaked these uh, to the public. These notes are allegedly Dr. Eric Davis's notes from meeting an admiral, Admiral Wilson, who had told him he looked into UFOs and crashes and stuff and was blocked. They told him, you don't have access to any of this, and he was really upset about it. Um, allegedly this conversation happened when, uh, and it begins with Wilson saying, Oh my God, I can't believe that person. I'm so mad at the, your, our mutual friend who got you got this meeting together because he revealed information he shouldn't have. But despite that, and because I don't know you at all, I'm going to share all of my deepest, darkest secrets with you stranger. Allegedly. It's ridiculous. The stuff in the, the notes are ridiculous. Um, the person who allegedly wrote the notes, Dr. Eric Davis, uh, says it, no comment. I've asked him personally, no comment. Uh, Dr. Or Admiral Wilson has been asked. He said, no, that conversation never happened. I wasn't even in Las Vegas when that allegedly happened. There are no records to show he was in Las Vegas at that time. Um, and however, there are people in this community who say they believe it's real. They, they were showing these notes when it happened. They believe these notes were, uh, accurate in what they were saying. Um, I think they're ridiculous. Uh, There's nothing substantiating anything in there. However, I I don't think Dr. Eric Davis is a liar, Um, uh, but there's no way to substantiate it. It's just unsubstantiated rumor and hearsay yet again. Nobody related to this document is talking about anything. Uh, People said that they were going to, this was going to be a big New York times release. It wasn't. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So nothing happened with them. Is anything going to happen with them? Probably not. Unless somebody could substantiate anything in them, which they can't. Everybody's asked all of the people and they can't. Um, So there was a lot of people hanging their hat on that. A lot. And a lot of people saying all of these different things. So um, I I was in contact
1: with someone. In Australia, that knew the um, I can't remember his name. The first person that supposedly went through the notes and the files, um, at Edgar Mitchell's um, estate. And uh, was it Twitchell? Is that the name? Am I... no, I don't know anyway. Um, they're totally convinced, and and you know, and I've you know, I, I've had the discussion or debate about it with that, with this person um, it's, it's amazing how it's another like faction. It seems in a way.
0: Yeah. But, and this is what happens though with belief systems. It's like religion. There are people who glom on to an idea and they believe that this has got to be the key to everything. And then they create these groups where they're just um, blind faith you know, drives them and their uh, loyalty and commitment to an idea. Of course, we've seen that with tragic results recently, but with this Wilson document that happens and, and that'll continue to happen. But I'm telling you guys, I've been in this literally decades, people. I've seen these kind of groups come and go on a regular basis. And what often happens with these groups? Nothing. Zero. And, you know, some of you are make, saying, well, George Knapp believes it. Uh, uh, Richard Dolan believes it. I don't care if they believe it. George Knapp believes Lazar's legit, legit. Um, you know, and don't get me wrong. These are literally people I love. These are people who are friends. They're great. I love George. I love Richard. But if they were sitting right here and... this happens you know i and they said oh so this about this and that i would say no in fact it became a really awkward moment and i was trying to avoid the subject a year ago when i went to to maui with our dolan and he brought it up on the beach and we're in this beautiful beach in maui and i'll tell you what the conversation did not end well (laughs) It was awkward. Uh, We just had to say, well, let's kind of like uh, pick this up later or something. And then we had to go and and, uh, lighten up, essentially. So, I mean, uh, I just don't want to waste my time with any of this unsubstantiated rumor and hearsay uh, unless you can validate it. Some people did do things like get a hold of Admiral Wilson or do some research to find out was he in Vegas at this time, who was in Vegas? When I interviewed John Alexander and talked to him about this because he is he lives in Vegas and he knows all of these people. Um, so in other words, I, I uh, you know a, a lot of research has been done and nothing has come up. Research on this document has been going on for decades, and nothing substantial has come up from them at all. So why wouldn't it in the future? Probably not, especially when the key players are denying it or not talking about it. And even if Eric Davis was to come out and say something, unless he can prove it, this is probably why Eric Davis didn't want the document out in the first place, because he can't prove it. It's interesting. It's background information for them and us to do some research. And even for me, it's background information for me to review. Is there anything here I can go prove? Or are there any clues here? Mm -hmm. We can use it like that. But to... State that it's real and base everything we're doing and make that it's real, we can't substantiate that. That's it's foolish and it's not good research and you're just gonna go you're just gonna chase your tail and get nowhere with it. If you wanna keep doing that, fine. I'm not. So um go and for it's it. funny when in a situation
1: like this, if you know, someone asked um the Admiral if he if he was there and he said no he wasn't, and then they're immediately they're saying, Oh, of course he would say that.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's uh, a, like John Greenwald makes a big point of that, that it's just so hilarious because, uh, you know, when they acknowledge it then oh, great. But when they deny it, oh, of course they would deny it. Yeah. Him <laughs> denying it proves that it's real. That's right. Yeah. He would deny it. Yeah. It's just really silly, poor, weak logic. It's not the type of this is exactly what I'm getting back to, guys. Yeah, And, you know, a lot of people were frustrated with me. Um, certainly, um, they, they think I poo poo a lot of stuff when I told them there's g- not going to be a New York times d- article about the Wilson documents. It's not happening. So yeah. people got mad, so mad at me for saying oh, me that. too. Me too. And it um, was true. We yeah. were
1: right. Yeah. I was you getting know? attacked as a matter of fact. Well, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, I was yeah. getting So, I
0: was was saying before, we just have to be careful. We have to be careful and we have to substantiate the stuff that we write about. If we want, if you want to be compelling, you know, it comes back to debate class and this is what's really frustrating. And this is why I don't understand why people don't get it. Debate class. When you were in debate class, when you were writing essays in high school, you had to substantiate your claims. You had to have references and sources it's the same thing. You just—that's what you need. Aye, aye, aye. Speaking of that, there is a. Yeah, I was saying. You said there wasn't going to be a New York Times article. Period. It has nothing to do with the. Well, that's not true. That's not true, completely. <laughs> CL brings up a good point, and this was your, your, uh, you were involved with this too, Martin. That Leslie Kane said that, that there oh, wasn't yeah. going to be an article, uh-huh. but. When I stated that she actually sent me an email and she said, that's not accurate. I, she says, I feel so bad. I hope Martin doesn't feel like I'm lying to him. I said, she said something like that's not going to be in the article. I forgot the way she worded it made it sound like there was not going to be an article, but it wasn't what she intended. She was being, I'm going to
1: pull up what she wrote me a couple of times, but you go ahead. You go ahead. I'm going to see if I
0: can She had a way of wording it. And yeah. Yeah. So there you go. But my point is there wasn't going to be one about the Wilson documents and there wasn't dude. And seriously, I was told by Leslie Kane that there wasn't going to be an article and uh, well, that's not necessarily what I was told. Martin's going to bring it up. So it alluded to it. So I believe that, but then of course uh, Blumenthal had, had leaked that there there was good he was working on something my point was they are working on something i knew they were working on something um they had been working on something they're always working on something i just knew wilson documents was not going to be it and to be honest i was surprised how far they went with talking about uh potential crash situations but i was also a bit disappointed because it was all just rumor and hearsay. And I don't think that they framed it accurately, to be honest. I think that they should have framed it in that manner. What, they did, what did they reveal? They revealed what I revealed to you all in my interview with Eric Davis. I think it was the first where he told me there were these crashes and blah, blah, blah. But I asked, well, how did you come about this information? Rumor and hearsay is what he said. Talking with the guys around the water cooler. Now, the guys he's talking to are government contractors. So that does bring some, uh, a, a bit of a higher degree, but it doesn't substantiate it at all. It's still rumor or hearsay. Rumor or hearsay is rumor or hearsay. And m- in my experience, now you all, and some people may say, wow, they're government contractors. That really substantiates it. Not really. Because in my experience over the decades, there are contractors are just anybody, a lot of people, a lot of military people are just as um, as, as susceptible to falling for rumors and hearsay as anybody else. So uh, mm-hmm. that does not substantiate it.
1: May I read? I want to read. Uh, Please do. Yeah. So June nineteenth, I, I wrote Leslie you know, a little chit chat first, and then there was a rumor going around. The New York Times is going to have another breaking news article. I know that if it's so and you are involved, you cannot talk about the details, and I respect that. I just wondered if you can tell me if it's just a rumor or may there be something to it. Hope you're well, blah, blah, blah. Martin. And then uh, her reply back, are you ready? Martin, nothing to report. Leslie. <laughs> um. And so eventually she did write me, you know, when the article came out. she said i'm really
0: really sorry and you know yeah so she said nothing to report which we translated as no i'm not writing a story but what she told me later was what she meant by nothing to report was that i can't there's nothing i can share at this time that's what she so if she would have said there's nothing i can share at this time which she tells me all the time actually when i peg her on different stuff um that's probably what she should have said, and that's what she said, because then we would have known, you know, oh, she just can't share. And then we also could have said, which isn't a bad thing, maybe they are working on something. We'll see. Um, that's exciting. But we knew she was working on something, but I still would have said, guys, it's not going to be about the Wilson documents. If anything, they're going to boo poo it because there's just not enough there, and the contents are really silly. And they were um, really upset. Me, and I want to answer this yeah, question, okay. too. Would a second source of the notes at least prove that NIDS had discussed the story at the time? I don't care. I do believe that NIDS discussed the story at the time. I believe that a lot of people did. And I believe that some NIDS people, Bigelow, Eric Davis, uh, Hal putoff I believe that they may all believe those notes and everything that's in those notes. I disagree with them and I disagree with them on several things but like I said so what I still love Bigelow I still how put off I mean what these guys have done they they're heroes of mine but i don't what they say is not gospel i I tell this to Lou don't say it unless you can prove it and if you say it prove it um because otherwise you're just speculating and and you know spinning your wheels like everybody else <laughs> least says loves one up Get hungry. But I mean, so, um, and I tell Lou that I disagree with Lou and I tell Lou, don't say that. If you can't prove it, don't say it. Because um, if he says something, I'll say substantiate it. What do you mean prove it? Um, and, uh, because that's what we're here for. I'm not here to get any inside knowledge, alleged inside knowledge. I'm here to find facts and evidence and share it with you all, the, uh, the audience. We can all learn and grow together and really move forward. So prove it. And, and I tell that to Bigelow to, to any of them, prove it, George, prove it. Love you guys, but prove it. Um, And just because Nitz was talking about it back then doesn't prove it. I I do want to say, too, this is really shocking because, uh, you know, uh, we got in kind of a debate earlier today. But thank you, Kevin, for putting in the tip here. Um, Luis is really good. Luis reminds me, be sure to thank people when they tip you in your thing. And you can do this tip thing in here on YouTube, I guess. So thank you, Kevin. Yeah, super chat. See, I think, and I, I do want to clarify, because CL is debating me uh, on this right now, which is fine, because I, I think uh, I want to make sure people understand my perspective. But uh, CL says, you're saying it's not worth investigating. Davis cannot be telling the truth and not be telling the truth at the same time. That doesn't even make sense. First of all, Davis hasn't spoken on this issue at all yet. So we don't know what Davis has to say about this. Uh, we talked a little bit in the article, but not directly about the... Wilson, never about the Wilson. Right. So currently, to my knowledge, Davis does tell the truth. Davis also told me about these rumors. Just because he heard things around the uh, water jug that I don't believe are real doesn't mean he was lying. He probably really had those conversations around the water jug. I don't think he's a liar. I think he's experiencing things. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's just like any of us. It doesn't mean that uh, it's all accurate. I'm we're wrong We're wrong all the time. I'm wrong all the time. Um, I shouldn't say we. Sorry, Martin. Um, but uh, I'm wrong all the time. No, we're wrong all the time. Okay. Ben says put up for shut up. Exactly. So, no, I don't think – now, if Davis were to come out and talk about – we'll see – We'll see if Davis comes out and talks about the Wilson documents. We, Until he does, we don't know what he thinks. Uh, we may, I think if history holds true, when and if Davis does come out and talk about those documents, we will all be shocked and we'll get more information. And I'm sure there will be stuff there we'll be surprised about. Um, so we don't know yet. So we'll have to wait and find out. Uh, CL says, is it n- so it's not worth researching? I'm certainly not saying that. I'm not saying it's not worth researching. I'm saying it's not wise or appropriate even to allow this as something that is real and legit until we substantiate that. Um, Some people, like I said earlier, it yeah. is something to use for research. People have dove into that deeply. I mean, it was yeah,
1: the, the complete focus of Richard Dolan's show like week after week for a long time. Wow. Look at all these people popping in their, their dollar it. I document.
0: know. Thank you. Thank, thank you, me. Louise. And thank you, Simone for the tip. But I, uh, you've got a great point there. Um, you know, Dolan has had this document and, and Grant Cameron have had this document for Cameron, yeah. a long time, like a decade. Um, I feel, I really feel like I can't remember when I feel like I dismissed it the first time I saw it, but I feel like I saw it years ago and thought, this is silly. Um, and didn't pay much attention to it because there's nothing I could do. And what, how would I handle that document if it were handed to me like I did? Look it over, read it in detail, which I've done. Look for anything that I may be able to substantiate. Talk to people who may be able to substantiate it, like John Alexander, um, of which I did much of that online because I try to do that on the show here. Uh, so you all can hear me interview these guys and you can hear their answer firsthand um you know so i brought these people in and looked into what i could look into and there was nothing there there's just nothing that substantial i can get a hold of nor is there anything substantial anyone else has gotten a hold of so um brian thank you very much also uh there are a couple people i'm going to need you to entertain people for just a second because i want to run and grab something oh sure okay but uh, i owe t-shirts to Luis and cl and i can't even remember why i decided to do this t-shirt giveaway i've got them here i was going to send them pictures but since they're both here i'm going to show it to them. wow look at this one wow Boy, maybe you want to just keep doing why
1: don't we just keep doing this show for like another couple of hours and i was kind of grouchy to christian
0: so i'm gonna <laughs> get back to you christian because well now actually, you know that works I didn't mean no. to snap it. I, I you're asking a lot of, of course, those questions. I think are fascinating questions, uh, Christian. Also, security team. There's a couple more questions I want to answer, but I'll be right back. But do you need a topic to speak on, or do you have something to talk about?
1: No, I'll, I'll look through the. Uh, I'll look through here. Okay. Um, right okay. So Lee is asking: um, Is the new third phase of the Moon team and panel discussion format relevant in today's ufology? Now, I wasn't aware of the new third phase of the Moon team and my opinion of the old team whatever they were is um it's a money machine um that's what i mean you look at the amount of subscribers and they're always having fresh uh, videos i think from what i understand there are some good videos that come through there but for the most part a lot of a lot of what they do is cgi and hoax and I hate to say that, but uh, unfortunately, there's um, Secure Team 10 and uh, Third Phase of the Moon. There's a few others that unfortunately um, are kind of hoaxes. I was asked this question from someone uh, that emailed me and said, hey, what's a good a good channel to, to watch on YouTube? And I, I can only say beware of what you're watching on YouTube because... There, you know, I mean, with technology growing the way it is, uh, it, you got to just be really careful because there's so many things out there that look really, really good. I get sent things probably two or three uh, videos a week, it seems, through Facebook. Um, I'm not on Facebook actively. My podcast is, but not myself. Anyway, um, I get a lot of videos sent to me and a lot of them, you know, look like uh Something that can be explained possibly if I had more information, but that's not what what I do really i'm I'm not a person that um, goes through videos and tries to uh, do Secure the research
0: on them is awful. Security team 10's fake videos.
1: so no, they they were asking there's a new third phase of the moon uh, panel, and they paneled discussion panel, and they just wondered if they're relevant in ufology today. Mm, and I don't. I don't I'm care. not familiar with them, but they do do not have the best
0: reputation. Yeah, they're fakers. They've faked. I wouldn't trust them. They've never shown any, in my opinion, interest in sub- looking at substantial information or credible information. They've actively hoaxed and promoted hoaxes. So I doubt. Yeah, they're in it for the money. I don't like Doline says. I don't think. But anyway, yeah, could make several thousand a week on. YouTube. So you guys can buy these T-shirts still, but this is what I was going to send you, Luis, and I couldn't find it. I think I set them aside at my house in California. I have some here, so don't worry. And Luis I just want a T-shirt.
1: Him. a month ago too. And uh, what? I said, Louis, Luis, Luis uh, from Unidentified. You sent him a T-shirt. Well, I mean, I ordered one for him. He probably doesn't have it because no one's getting their T-shirts
0: from the company I'm using. Oh no! But yeah, Luis, I'm gonna send you one of those. Uh, hope that's cool. That's really, I think, the only one I have in your size. And then uh, for uh, the other guy um, in here, uh, who was it? It was my Canadian buddy. He was just bugging me. You were just bugging me. Where's my t-shirt, Kristen? Was it? No, it's the guy who's in here all the time. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll be sending you. It's the, it's the gray. I wear it a bit. It's got just the you out uh, the open minds. Uh, logo on the front, and it's a real comfy gray T-shirt. Um, so that's what I'll be sending you, unless you don't want that one. I don't have as many sizes for Louis, so I'll send you this one. And then, um, Tim Brigham says oh, his wife won a T-shirt and didn't get it. That's true. I'm gonna yell at Karen. She won it at the UFO Congress uh tim September. send oh. me an email with uh information on where to send this well you guys are just down in tucson huh anyway send me the email on where to send it and i will send you that t-shirt um that was supposed to be karen i don't know what happened there why you didn't get it but i'll get it yeah tim brigham he was one of the speakers at the ufo congress and at yeah, the dinner i thought i recognized him a yeah hey tim a t-shirt. how are you tim so, yeah, and you know what? Let me do another one. Okay, we'll do another T-shirt giveaway, and you can tell me. Do you want an Open Minds logo, or do you like this one? I like this one. I personally. like that one a lot. You guys probably see me wearing this one a lot. No, Tim, I want to get you your T-shirt. Okay, um, here's the question. Uh-oh.
1: It's just an awkward silence
0: here's the question okay <laughs> i'm gonna put you on the spot you talking to me yeah this is gonna be yeah, fun okay this will be for uh i'm gonna let martin choose here's the question what does martin think of stephen greer put your answer in the chat and the best answer or two martin will choose and you win a t-shirt i'll send it to wow. you wow Even though we're not actually sending out the T-shirts. I'll do that this week. I'll send out these T-shirts. I might not send it out expeditiously, but I'll send it out. Um, Okay. A couple other things then. Uh, I did want to talk about, first of all, um, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, Well, there was a story about the Black Vault and the CIA that we never really touched upon Martin's loving these. I love watching your reaction as you read the, what people are writing. And we'll tell you guys there who are listening on the podcast in just a minute, but Martin's like really enjoying it. He's laughing and stuff. So, I'll, we'll we'll read out these answers to you guys and listening in just a minute. But um uh Yeah. So I, I don't know if I spoke to this or not. I just, uh, you know, John Greenwald is always doing amazing work at the black He gets FOIA documents using the freedom of information act and then shares those. Uh, one thing he's done, is gotten a lot of the CIA documents and shared those. Now the CIA themselves have released a lot of that, uh, information. And, um, so what, what, uh, Black Vault did is that he took all of those files and turned them into searchable PDFs and then shared them on his website. And then everybody got it wrong. All of a sudden, there's all these headlines. CIA releases their UFO files. Just before the Senate's going to release some UFO information. That's not what happened uh, at all. So a lot of people got that wrong. So just for clarification, what John Greenwald did is awesome. Unfortunately, it's not like, you know, the CIA sent him documents that nobody else has or something like just, you know, or released all their files through him. Uh, that's not how it worked, but uh, there's that story. And then finally, I guess I'll wrap it up with, are they done with that, Your answers? Yeah, I think so. And uh, it's going to be hard to choose from them. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll give you more time. I'm going to, I'm going no, to look okay. at some of this though. I'm going to look at some of these answers. Someone wrote "Charlatan." There's a real funny one. Louis says you should do this every week. Next week,
1: Louis I know. Look want... at the t-shirts behind you. Mike You've got Ping- a thousand of
0: them. These aren't mine, though. These are Karen's. Uh, These well, are you know, she, she goes to sleep at night. You know where sneak. Mike out. Pingleton says Martin's too nice to say what he really thinks. He's actually this is in one case where Martin shares his opinion pretty harshly. Uh, has he, you even made a little video? Did you take that? I down? did.
1: And it's the, my YouTube channel must have been hacked. We talked about this because that video disappeared.
0: I never got a notice on it. It was this video making fun of him. Yeah, so I did. Uh, yeah. Greedy, strong dislike is what Turk said. Lost profit. Rodrigo says lost profit. That's funny. I, that's funny. Cause I know he's being sarcastic. Uh, Martin likes Greer's gusto, but doesn't like the fact he keeps crying in his documentaries. That is really funny, I think. He's a shyster, full of baloney. Great, vi- sh- great guy, sh- sh- should keep his opinions to himself. If Martin's a great guy, why do you want his, him to keep his opinions to himself? Because they're not like yours? I think that's BS. I want to hear his opinions because he is a great guy. Sociopath. I want one of Martin's UFO paintings. Uh, <laughs> make Leo maniac. Uh, Didn't Greer push Nibiru stuff or I'm confusing him. You might, I don't know. He might have a one time. He's all over the place. Martin thinks Steven Greer is a conundrum wrapped in a riddle. Interesting one. And let's see what else we got.
1: Well, I, I, I have to, I do have to pick one because I mean, there's some really great ones, everyone, and I really appreciate them all. I really do. But this, this guy kind of says it the best way or person says it the best way. T.J.S. was respectable, but now has fallen from grace. I think that's a very good way of saying my opinion and a very kind way of
0: saying my opinion. There we go. Yeah. See? So, Martin, you could still be a nice guy, but say what you think. I love that Mark Pingleton. That's my favorite. Martin's too nice to say what he really thinks. Uh, Was respectable. I've got it on the screen. But now has fallen from grace. I I think think that's that's, how I would put it.
1: Yeah but because he's a sociopath and he's greedy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. I like that. That's cool. Okay. Yes, not so nice. Uh-oh, someone said something really mean. I'm not going to go there. All right. That's a good one. Good one. Uh, Finn says Greer has done good work. I usually just leave it at that. Yeah. I do warn people though. Cause Don't give him thousands of dollars, guys, unless you're the type of person who likes abuse or likes to be have a master or something like that, because he'll just tell you what to believe and what to think. Um, uh, And I don't know. That's never a comfortable situation. Well, Um, you can take pictures
1: with him in his invisible UFO for some money. Right. Yes. Which I thought was a that's that's pretty good. There's a UFO right here. And let's have a picture. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's one of his his things. He actually did.
0: Louis says, and but he is ripped. Not.
1: I'll tell you. Yes, he is ripped.
0: That's Too what sexy your video for is. A Shirt. Yeah. Focus on. Yes. All right. Okay. So let's wrap up. To wrap up, though, here's what I want to kind of talk about. Um, what size is the Open Mind poster? Oops, I'm not sure what you're talking
1: about. Hey, how um, how are you going to get the information from to get a T-shirt to?
0: T. T- uh, J. S. Yeah. T. J. S. Oh, thank God. you, Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, T. J. S. Email me. You can go to open minds and fill out the thing there, or you can uh, email me at open mind. G. F. O. News at gmail.com. So open mind. G. F. O. News at gmail.com. Um, we've got so many open minds addresses, but that one will work. Or you could use me, my personal. Well, I won't give that out. Don't give it out out. My personal no, no. anymore. So. I used to do that. But in my podcast, I have Alejandro T. Rojas at ProtonMail.com. So you could use that also if you want to be secure. Uh, send it in a secure. Send me Alejandro T. Rojas at ProtonMail.com. Tim, Tim
1: says below, you like to get them out, those T-shirts. <laughs> he's teasing you because he's still waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's... Oh, wrap up. So the wrap up is this. First of all, um, I am, I've got changes. I, you know, as you guys have known, COVID is going on. Things are changing like crazy. Um, TGS has got it. He loves both of our shows. Thank you. Both of our shoes. Thank you very much. Um, but, uh, so things are changing again at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I figured there's all these new tools. Maybe I'll be able to grow open mind and, um, you know, grow it into something bigger that didn't really happen. Uh, but, you know, I want to thank all of you who did subscribe to uh, my Patreon and to the YouTube. Uh, it was really, really helpful. And it did give me an idea of, you know, just how much is out there. I think the deal with uh, credible UFO information, just not many people want that. And that's Okay. Uh, you know, even if you look at organizations like this SSE, the Scientific Society for Exploration, or no, Society for Scientific Exploration, really cr- all scientists looking into more fringe topics. They're not that popular, but what they're doing is amazing, absolutely amazing. They're they're doing science around some of the paranormal and fringe stuff that other people won't touch, and I think that's great. I think this niche, those of you who who are listening, who really care about the credibility of the topic and substantiating the information and the rigor uh, on figuring this out. It's not as entertainment, uh, as much entertainment. Of course, Martin and I try to make it entertaining, but it is more, you know, grounded. It's it's a little more tougher because it's harder to get to the truth and reality where it's easier just to speculate. And it's more fun. Just to speculate. So I get it. If you love ancient aliens, a lot of people love ancient aliens. A lot of scientists. In fact, I did an alien con talk just a couple of weeks ago. I, I hosted an alien con panel with uh, for the proof is out there. And next week I'm going to be on another panel with uh, Nick Pope for the alien con. So keep an eye out for that. I'll be sending those links out soon. It's free. It's going to be Nick Pope and myself. I'm not sure who else is going to be on this panel. We're going to talk about government UFO stuff. So please join us. Um, so if you love H that's great. That's cool. There's a place for everybody, but, um, I'm, I'm really going to have to, I'm ramping up now. My other business, um, efforts. And it's going to hamper what I can do in this arena. So I'm giving you a preview now and and I'll have more information maybe in a week, but I want to keep doing this Friday show. So I'm going to keep doing this show. Anything beyond that, I can't guarantee. And of course, I have lots of friends and, and people in this field who want me to interview them when they have something come up and I'll try to get to that stuff as much as I can um so that's what's kind of going on in my world and where we're evolving to so i know a lot of you love talking uh every week we've got tons of people listening to the podcast so i'll keep the podcast going i just might have to kind of trim back some of the other stuff if you have questions about that or what does that mean or you're concerned some for some reason um because you're a subscriber let me know and uh I, i will address that and uh you know send me questions and, and I'll get back. Well, I'll ask you. you a question. Yeah.
1: So if you do this thing on Friday, are you uh, going to have me on all the time? Or are you thinking of bringing in guests to change things out?
0: Oh, geez. I didn't want to do this live. <laughs> we'll talk, but, about it. we'll uh, talk about it after. Uh, but Martin, you're fired. Slip.
1: All right.
0: Uh, I want
1: severance, buddy.
0: No, I I don't know how I'll do the interviews yet. So maybe I'll do those offline, and now that we have an ability to do that with this tool, I can play them Mm. during the show. I don't know. That's a great question, and I haven't figured that completely out yet. I kind of feel like I want to do it like we're doing now, where we talk about just questions, and we take questions on Fridays, and then I do the interviews throughout the week whenever I can get those in. So I probably will keep it like that because that works pretty good. So we'll see. You have a great Um, chat. You have great questions in the chat. Yeah. I mean, you guys do ask great questions and it's so fun to answer all of your questions. And I do want to tell you, because most of our people are listening on the podcast. And if you are listening on the podcast, uh, feel free to send us your questions. If you're like, man, I wish I could be there live because I'd love to get in on the conversation. Then do uh, send me information and uh, we will get... uh, uh, Answers, But I also want to talk about how I got here from what my goals were and where we are. Uh, by the way, Luis from Unidentified Celebrity Review says, spoiler alert, Luis Elizondo is on board for the big phone home. Yeah, well, I want to make a, a – I want to talk more about the big phone home where we're going to actually help facilitate people getting a hold of um, – of lawmakers and uh, DOD to tell them we want more information on UAP. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk maybe more next week because uh, this is an effort that the Unidentified Celebrity Review, Luis, is heading up. Great idea. So uh, I really want to support that. So we'll get more into uh, how we're going to support that. In fact, the SCU has come up with a letter as well to do the same thing that uh, the SCU is going to be sending out soon. That's a Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Uh, and I want to kind of pull from that uh, letter that we just wrapped up. I think we, it just got finalized. Um, so uh, that's kind of the next effort coming up here. But my goal, when I got involved with this, I was a journalism student and i saw that there was a lot of credible information that ufo's were not something just to laugh about that there were military people that uh book um that uh, you know government officials and military people and very important uh people in the private sector we're taking this topic very, very seriously and that there were incidents that were hard to, d- to dismiss that indicate that there could be something that, uh, a, a technology, you know, that uh, that we're observing that is beyond w- what we could do ourselves. And I felt that it was a very credible topic. So my, it, what did I want to do? I wanted to apply journalistic standards to bring this uh, evidence forth to put UFOs where they should be. We don't know what they are. That's what unidentified stands for. That's what they use for. But we do know it's a real phenomenon that the military takes seriously. That's what TTSA accomplished. That's what uh, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon accomplished. They did that. They were able to take this to that next level. And now what I always had hoped to happen has happened. And we're on this new plateau. We're on this new plane that is heads above where we were before. Now, UAP, UFOs are legit. It's something that we can talk about. It's something that, it, that science is talking about. It's something that Avi Loeb is talking about. Um, it's legit. Um, and so that's happened. And I just kind of feel like now we're in a different world. Now that we've moved to this legit world, which is where my goal was to get to, now what's the story? I feel now the story is more integrated with space policy, with uh, defense policy, with – Science and academia and how that operates. And of course, that's been my focus with interviewing people like Chris Mellon, Luis Elizondo, uh, Adam Kehoe, who's been writing articles along these lines, and some of these new people coming out of the woodwork who uh, are, are academics or, or writers who are focused on this kind of area before. But now that UAPs has entered that arena that they cover, the policy arena, defense and space policy arena, uh, just like Brian Bender, now that UIPs have inserted themselves into this conversation, that's why they're looking at it. And I think what we're, we're finding is fascinating, and we're finding the mechanisms of how um that's happening inside of the government. And that then allows us to figure out how do we plug ourselves in and how do we facilitate uh, more information getting out and more research being done on these unknowns. It's the exact thing that Chris Mellon and Louisa Melisandre are doing behind the scenes but, you know, applying it on our end it's a little slower. It's not talking about reptilians and zeta Reticulans. But I think it's talking about more interesting stuff because it's 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 what these new minds, these new brilliant minds that are putting their resources towards thinking about this stuff, people like Dr. Kevin Knuth, who are coming up with fascinating ideas. And that's why I really love being involved with the SEU, the Scientific Coalition for UAP studies, because some of the ideas there are really fascinating. And I want to help facilitate that conversation and the 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 burgeoning of this small field of credible, um, real mainstream uh, research into this field, because I think that the implications obviously are pretty incredible. So that's where we are. And I think that just people have not really fully grasped the importance and the significance of the shift that has happened and how we're on a totally different level than we were before. And I feel, and part of this transition, of course, COVID, of course, happened as well and all these other things. But part of this transition is figuring out, well, what is this new world? How do we operate in it? How can we be effective to um, achieve the goals that we want to achieve in this new world? And that's taken some time to figure out. And really, it's still shaking out. And it'll continue to shake out because uh, we still have this report coming from the Senate Intelligence uh, or from the DOD Intelligence Agencies. Um, so we'll see as as things move and shake and change. So that's, that's kind of the future of this, the future of me uh, and everything that's going on. Uh,
1: Did that- you know that uh, Dolene is looking to get a T-shirt from us with an invisible UFO? I think that's awesome. <laughs> I've got one of those. Yeah, Look, there it is. I can see it. I see. Yeah, I see where it should be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it's there. It's
1: It's there, there definitely. Yeah.
0: So that's what I wanted to say. Uh, Finally, I guess I did want to touch on this article because we probably won't touch on it later, but there was an article that was critical of Avi Loeb. Yes, I saw that.
1: I have it up here. Oh,
0: you do? Oh, share it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, the title. It's in Forbes. The Uncensored Guide to Oumuamua Aliens and the Harvard Astronomer. Um, So it it basically talks about um, he is kind of going against all the other science and all the other um, uh, evidence that they, it says, uh, contrary to the narratives you'll find elsewhere, Loeb's new book, Extraterrestrial, the First Sign of Life Beyond Earth. This is not a possibility worth taking seriously as a scientist a straightforward look at the evidence shows us why and then he goes on to um according to the law gravity every object that has a gravitationally influenced uh, is gravitationally influenced by the sun will take one of the four orbit paths and he goes into this uh article goes into all that um i'm in the middle of reading that book so far um i think it's really good it makes a lot of a lot of sense and he's not he's basically what I've, I know you read the book, but what I'm hearing so far in this book is that he's not saying, he's saying that it should be looked at as a possibility. He's not saying it is. He's saying it's one of the theories that should be looked into,
0: you know, not necessarily. Well, he is, he's vague. I feel having read the book, he, um, I know you've got an upcoming interview. I've got an upcoming interview, but they have not given me a definitive date. They keep saying, oh, this week, this week. Hmm. So it's supposed to be sometime next week. We'll see. Oh, I am interviewing William Shatner on Monday. Oh, you're that'll, kidding me. That'll be for, it's a phone interview because he's going to be on Ancient Aliens. That's what the gist of the interview is about. Oh, and, my God. Uh, you are lucky. Be a God, that's great. article that I'll be posting next week. Um, and maybe I'll ask him if I can post the audio. If, if so, I'll do that here on this podcast. Uh, that guy's like the Energizer
1: Bunny. You know, how old is he now? He, and he, I he went know. on a motorcycle trip around the country just like five years ago or something, you know? I mean, yeah. He's incredible.
0: But, um, my point here is this, and this is, this is a guy, Ethan Sign- Siegel. I think he's kind of harsh on Abby Loeb. Um, but he, he wrote this article also, which says, It's never aliens unless your claim passes this one scientific test. And he makes a great point. And I think this is at the root of the problem that people have with Abby Loeb. His question, see if I can find it here, but it's essentially...
1: By the way, while you're looking, William Shatner's going to be 90 in March.
0: Wow. He's an incredible guy. Here it is. Yeah, he's an old guy. It's going I'm excited. This is the first time I get to talk to him. Sharp here it is, tack. right here. There's a big test that any claim asking, any claim asking is it aliens, must stand up to and no claim has ever passed it. I agree is your data good enough to strongly favor the aliens hypothesis over comparatively mundane explanations that don't invoke aliens? And, uh, and here is where he has a great point. And I think that he kind of can win the argument over this because Avi Loeb is saying that that object moved. Uh, it, it deviated from its path. And in fact, he uses this term. He brings it down to yet it deviated. And he brings down his argument to simply that. So, okay, scientists, sure, but it deviated. This guy is saying, and Avilo addresses this, saying, well, it could have been outgassing. It could have been a couple of other things. Sure, we didn't detect those things, but we can't rule it out completely and he's right so um if you were to balance it the balance i think i could argue with is we can't rule out the mundane explanations so we can't say it's aliens um And I can't wait. And this is what I want to ask Abby about, because he may agree. He may say, you're right. We can't definitively say it's aliens. Or he might say, no, I think it's definitive aliens. We'll see. I don't know how he'd answer it. But I think this is a really, really good point that uh, until we can, you know, definitively say one way or another, this is the test on, you know, whether it's alien or not. And this is a good test for a lot of different things, uh, in this field. So I really like this comment here. Um, it wasn't a comment strange recon podcast is asking is it was a comment? Well, we know it wasn't a comment. And this person in this article is also not arguing that it was a a comment. Um, they're mostly saying it could have been an asteroid. Why do we know it's not a comet? Comet uh, has a cloud around it. Of it, it outgasses too. It outgasses water and debris that's highly visible. In fact, a week after Amumu, and this is weird in itself, don't you think, Martin? That like Amumu was the first interstellar object we've ever detected, and then a week later, ta-da. a week later, another one. Another one. Yeah. What was great, and Avi goes into the uh, in the book, is that you can contrast the two. One, yeah, is, the other one was normal. Yeah, had all of the normal, normal hallmarks of a comet. Um, you could see all, of, uh, but not uh, on this one. So, um, it's like so one and in here a- again, I would have to say, strange recon podcast. It could have been, but we don't know. No, there's no. See and. I think Strange Recon. I just don't feel so. Strange Recon. Here's his argument: They didn't detect the gas tail because it was hydrogen, and infrared telescope photographs don't show hydrogen. The problem but with there's with, a problem with that. Yeah, there is a huge problem with that. But on the one hand, you could be right, Strange Recon podcast, and in that case, you know, you are exa- giving an example of proving this article, this thing that I have up right, and that it says, unless we can say for sure that it's, not, that it's not something else mundane, we can't say it's aliens. Strange Recon is bringing a, a possibility.
1: But, but he argues
0: recon, that. Huh? Loeb argues that about the hydrogen. I know, but uh, still, and so do the other scientists. But um, uh, the point I'm trying to make is Strange Recon can't prove that. Something that can't be detected doesn't mean it's obviously there. It means it may have been there, but we don't know it was there. So you're not proving yourself, Strange Recon, that it was there was hydrogen involved. But at the same time, uh, you are demonstrating that there are other possibilities, which goes back to this rule that uh, Avi doesn't pass the rule. And you're demonstrating how he doesn't pass that rule. So... So on the one point, you got a good point there, Strange Recon. On the other, you can't say definitively as much as Abby Loeb can. Right. All uh, right. gone way over, man. We have gone way over. So let's wrap this. Um, thank you all so much for listening. I think we covered a lot of great stuff. People had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for those of you who gave me tips. It's incredible. Um And uh, thank you very much for that. Uh, I will try to get those t-shirts out. Uh, In fact, I don't know if I've gotten, did you guys even email me yet? uh, Your addresses? Cause how am I supposed to send you your stuff? If I don't have your address, Cartola, that's a Canadian friend, Cartola, but um, yeah, send me your information if you want your t-shirts and um, thank you all so much for joining. Uh, You know, it's, A pleasure. It's so much fun to do this every week, and we'll continue to do this. Really, guys, my podcast has been our one constant throughout the entire times with Open Minds. It's the one thing where we get an abundance of tons of people coming to listen to the podcast, and that's why I want to keep it, and I don't want to ever, uh, you know— Deteriorate. I want to keep doing it because you guys obviously are having fun. We've created this community where we're having fun discussing these things and you all appreciate it. So we'll continue to do that. Uh, I just can't guarantee outside of that. Uh, anything else that'll happen. I do want to write a book. I want to write more articles. So I might try to refocus on some of that stuff. I mean, I've got like three quarters of a book done, uh, some other projects that I'm working on. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, again, once again, now that COVID is fortunately seems to be starting to go away, uh, things will be changing a bit again, but hopefully... You know, they'll stay pretty consistent for a period of time. But uh, thank you all so much uh, for joining. I just want to say I really, thank really you, do appreciate it. I do appreciate the people who have differing opinions. We all have differing opinions. Um, so and and that's cool. There's no problem with that. Like I said, I just vehemently uh, disagreed with some of my favorite people in the world. Um, you know, during the show. And I do that every day. So even though I love these people to death, you know, put up or shut up, somebody said. You got to prove it. Um, but thank you all very much. And thank you, Martin, of course, for being here yet again. And uh, what's coming up with your next exciting episode? Oh, let's see.
1: I have Larry uh, Hancock coming on. Um, he's involved with the SCU and uh, he wrote a book called Unidentified.
0: Does that sound familiar?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> does.
0: Cool. Yeah. In fact, I think I might have it right here.
1: Oh, and what a background this guy has! It's he's Speaking got. Speaking
0: really- of SCU, but you had him on, huh? Robert No, no he's coming on. Wrote a book. Oh, who's that? Oh, Robert Powell. Yeah, he's been on uh, several times. Great yep. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So another SCU guy. SCU is great. SCU is where it's at. Go check it out. Um, all right. Thank you. Bim Jim says we all have personality. Bim Jim has a strong personality. Thank you for joining. So, thank you, Space Ghost and Benjamin and Dolene and yeah. Christian and Luis and uh, Finn and and Benjamin and uh, Strange Recon and uh, Boogie on Down. Yeah, Boogie on Down. Tim, all of you guys for joining. JS. Simone, thank you so, so much for joining. Uh, I Dolene. Just, as I things change, like I coming. just want. The one constant and the one major thing is that I just appreciate all of you listeners so much. I really, really do. So thank you all so much for joining. Thank you, Martin. And I guess that's it, huh? That's it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. All until right. next time. Adios. Adios. Chachos. Chachos.